he get back in the good graces of the Republican Party? Simple. Just release the Epstein files. <laughs> That's Ron DeSantis' plan. Anyway, we'll get to that here in just a minute. What's up? This is Mark Kay saves the Republic. And man, I got to tell you, a couple things that are really exciting, none of which have to do with the news and all of which have to do with you and me. First of all, uh, coming up right after I'm recording this podcast, just so you know, let me give you a little, let me give you a little insight into my day. Let me have a sip of my coffee here. Mm. Oh, so delicious. Um, let me give you a little insight into my day. I wake up about five. Here's what I do. In fact, you know what? I'm going to give you more information about me than you've probably ever wanted. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I'm feeling it's a little, it's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I came in second in a poker tournament yesterday and I want to watch. Uh, anyway, so we'll, uh, I'm feeling good. I wake up every day. I set my alarm for 5.55. Why 5.55? Because I always feel like I should get up before six. I always feel like if I wake up at six, that's just so basic. So I set my alarm for 5.55. I wanted to get up at 5.30. It just didn't happen. So 5.55, my alarm goes off. I immediately snooze my alarm for two to three minutes. I know, it's a weird thing. And then I wake back up at 5.57 or 5.58. And then I go and I brush my teeth and I change, take the dogs out, make tea for my son and lunches for everybody and make myself a cup of whatever. And then uh, I go to my computer, I start working. Um, why do you care about any of this? Why did I even start telling you all this? I'll tell you, I, we're getting to it in just a minute. Uh, then what happens is I come here, I make my coffee, my caliber coffee in my Chemex. And then I sit down here and I start preparing for this podcast, which we begin recording immediately, not even at 8.45 a.m. So whenever you're listening to this podcast, and this I think is handy for people to know, because sometimes people, like you could be listening to this podcast a year from now. It's the best thing about digital art. It's just there forever. It's on the internet forever. Never, unless I choose to delete it or unless it gets censored, it never comes down. So I don't know when you're listening to this. You could be listening to this in 2050. I could be dead. I don't know what's going on. But just so you know, when I record this, it's about 8.45 a.m. It takes me about 20, 30 minutes to record it. So about 9.15, I'm on to the next thing. Today, we have a Q&A with our uh, ACES group, the American Conservative Entrepreneur Society. And that lately has become one of my favorite things to do all week. I love the podcast. I love the show. But sitting down with our American conservative, uh, conservative entrepreneurs in the ACES Society, in the ACES group, is just phenomenal. And my favorite thing is that on Friday, we do a little Q&A. On Monday, we do a motivation. And then I go in there periodically throughout the week, and I see people just doing stuff. They're like creating, and they're, they're talking to each other. They're coming up with ideas. They're out there seeking you know, um, influence and attention. And it's a man. I'm like, wow, look at this. We do, we do the Q and a on Friday. We do the motivation on Monday. And then throughout the week, these people are working. They're go-getters. They're American conservative entrepreneurs. So of course, um, they, you know, they're getting up in there and they're getting at it. And it's so much fun to see. So our Q and a is actually happening after this podcast today. Now, again, I don't know what century you're listening to this in, but if you're listening to it in 2024 or hopefully 2025, hopefully we can keep this thing going. Uh, go to youareanace.com. You are an ace. Y-O-U-A-R-E-A-N-A-C-E dot uh, com. And you can join our ACES group, the American Conservative Entrepreneur Society. You are an ace.com. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking of being an entrepreneur, if you're a side hustler, if you're just a person that looks around and goes, I need more money. I need more influence. I need to grow something. I need to change my life then uh, we'd love to have you. Also, if you're conservative, that's a big, if you're a liberal, we don't, probably there's a better group for you. But if you're conservative, 
this is the place to be American conservative entrepreneurs society. And so that's why I'm so jazzed today. And then I have a whole three hour radio show to do after that. Isn't life amazing? All right. So let's get to it today because there's a couple things. So uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he's saying now that he is going to uh, uh, sign legislation here in Florida because there's lots of cases against Jeffrey Epstein, but the biggest one or one of the biggest one is here in, in Florida. And he said that he would definitely sign into law legislation allowing for, in fact, here it is, uh, Ron DeSantis to approve releasing secret Jeffrey Epstein grand jury documents challenges Biden to release federal files. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared he would sign a bill into law that would release the secret grand jury material from the state's 2006 investigation into allegations of Jeffrey Epstein's sexual assaults of underage girls. DeSantis also challenged President Joe Biden to release the federal files relating to Epstein's alleged child sex crimes. DeSantis proclaimed he would sign the bill into law as soon as it hit the governor's desk. The bill was unanimously passed in the Florida Senate on Wednesday, six days after it passed with unanimous support in the House. All files related to Jeffrey Epstein's criminal activity should be made public, DeSantis said on Wednesday, while the federal government continues to stonewall accountability. I'm glad the legislature has taken action to release the grand jury material from the Florida state case. I will sign the bill into law. Uh, once it's signed, July 1st is when it would go into effect. So it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun July 4th weekend for everybody who's in those, uh, who's in those documents. He then continued to challenge Biden by saying, why won't Biden release the federal government's Epstein files? Now, this is exciting for a couple of reasons. Again, it's a, it's a march back to the Ron DeSantis the pre-presidential Ron DeSantis. And this is something I said all along, and I'm glad that Ron DeSantis is finally listening. He won't come on my show, but he'll listen. Ron DeSantis had a, a great thing going. As governor of Florida, he was fantastic. He had great, he was fighting Disney and winning. He got the Parental Rights and Education Act passed. He got, you know, all kinds of it, it, legislation on the books that never would have made it through the books. He, br he brought businesses here. He uh, we we gained population to the tune of I don't even know how many million, but we also gained re uh, registered Republican voters. We gained a seat in the House. We gained two electoral votes. We now have more electoral votes than New York. It's an incredible feat, and it's something that we can always uh, praise Ron DeSantis for. He did a fantastic job. But then he went off to run for president against Donald Trump, which nobody really wanted him to do. We all thought, I thought personally, the best way to run for president is to be the most amazing governor for the longest period of time possible. If you can have eight years and if you can stack up just, you know, stacking wins, stack those dubs, as they call them in the sports world. You just got to you just got to stack the dubs. And then after eight years, after you've dedicated eight years of your life to the service of your state, then you go off and be president. He had different plans. He thought for some reason now was his time. He thought for some reason Donald Trump was not going to be the nominee. He thought he could beat Donald Trump. He was wrong on all counts. He got bad. I think he got bad advice from some people. I think he got bad mentorship. I wish those people that gave him that bad advice and that bad mentorship were out of his orbit. I don't think that they all are, which is troubling. But the good news is he's back in Tallahassee and he is back to kicking assy. I just came up with that. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is in Tallahassee kicking assy. That's, that's the next podcast. In fact, maybe that'll be, maybe that's going to be a podcast title next week sometime. Next time Ron DeSantis does something really amazing, that's what we're going to, that's going to be the title. Ron DeSantis is in Tallahassee kicking assy. I love it. Maybe I'll use that today. I don't know. Um, but anyway, 
Um, and now we see that Ron DeSantis is firmly focused back on being the best governor this state has ever seen, probably this country has ever seen. He's pushing for term limits on a national scale through an, a constitutional amendment. He's releasing the Jeffrey Epstein files from here in Florida. He's encouraging the president to do the same. He's going to continue to go after the issues that really matter to Floridians and also Americans. And then come 2028, he's going to have quite the resume. And I think this is, I think the best thing about Ron DeSantis is he made a mistake running for president, but he remedied the mistake sooner than later. He dipped out, even though he had a better showing in Iowa than he thought. He thought he was going to come in third in Iowa. He came in second. But I think he saw the landscape and he saw the Trump train and he saw Nikki Haley as somebody who could draw the ire of Donald Trump and the fire of Donald Trump. He needed, he knew that the longer he stayed in the race, the more of an enemy he became to the base. And if you're going to run a race, you can't be an enemy to the base. So he decided to dip out and Nikki Haley became public enemy number one to the MAGA crowd, to the America first crowd, to the, to the right wing conservatives. To the people who are truly constitutional originalist conservatives, Nikki Haley became public enemy number one. Top of the list. She takes money from Democrats. She gets Democrats to vote for her. She's part of the establishment. She's got the, the military industrial complex feeding her cash. She's all about war in Ukraine. She's all about war everywhere. Nikki Haley became the new Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis quietly he, he, he dipped out. He Irish exited. He's like, thanks, Iowa. I'll see you guys later. And now he's going, he's back. He's back in Donald Trump's great graces. He's no longer Ron DeSanctimonious. He's no longer Meatball Ron or Puddin' Fingers Ron. He's back to being governor. And I think it's exactly where he needs to be. And I'm actually excited now because in 2028, Donald Trump will uh, have hopefully finished out his second term. And the only dilemma we're going to have at that point is Will Ron DeSantis run against whoever Donald Trump's vice president is? Because the vice president that Donald Trump chooses, whomever it is, Ben Carson, Tim Scott, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Byron Donalds, I hope it's not Tulsi Gabbard, I'm pretty sure it won't be, but you know, whoever it is, that person will be the natural choice to be president in 2028 or to be the primary, uh, the Republican primary candidate in 2028. So... If Ron DeSantis still has a chance to be VP under Donald Trump, fantastic choice. I say move ahead. If not, I think by being governor, he positions himself to, to be in a better political, I guess you would say, position to run for president against the VP pick that Donald Trump makes this time around. And that's going to be an uphill battle because Donald Trump is going to go to bat for the person he picked unless they do a... Unless they pull a Pence on him. <laughs> Unless they pull a Mike Pence, they're going to have the full weight and support of Donald Trump. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Donald Trump is also, he's a, pretty, he's a pretty good thinker, that guy. Donald Trump extrapolates several steps out. He knows not only is he trying to pick somebody that the establishment uh, in D.C. is not going to like. Not only does he have to pick somebody who's conservative but not too conservative or can, can deliver him maybe a demographic he doesn't have, maybe somebody younger than him, maybe somebody more Christian than him, like he did with Mike Pence, maybe somebody, you know, blacker than him or la more Latino than him, which is a lot of people. Um, you know, he's got a different, he's got a, a various array of people that he can choose from. A woman, you know, Christy Nome, Carrie Lake, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There's all kinds of, he has so many assets at his disposal because there's so much talent in the Republican Party. The Democrat Party they're devoid of talent. They're devoid of talent. 
They're devoid of creativity. They're devoid of leadership. The, all they have is Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, maybe Gavin Newsom, that even AOC is getting on everyone's nerves. And she was supposed to be the next big, bright, shining star of the Democrat Party. There are no up-and-coming superstars of the Democrat Party that can step in and do anything like we have in the Republican Party. I mean, you can just, I just rattled off like six names. There's like six more. And, and there's more probably uh, waiting to take the helm in the, in the coming years. So what we've got now is we've got the situation where Donald Trump can pick a fantastic VP who not only will deliver for him now, but he can spend four years working with that person. And then in four years from now, say, this is the person I have groomed to be president. And I hope that's what he's thinking. He may not be. He may be, uh, he may be like, screw it. I got four more years. And then it's all, I'm out. It's all up to y'all. In which case, Ron DeSantis would be situated for a big comeback if he continues to do what he's doing now. And that is being the best Ron DeSantis that he can be. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to mention is this Jimmy Kimmel story. Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel is leaving late night, supposedly. That's what he said. He, he, he went on there, uh, he went on an interview and he said, this may be my last contract. I know, I, I know how he feels. Uh, he said, I think this is my final contract. I hate to even say it because everyone's laughing at me now. Each time I think that, and then it turns out not to be the case. However, after having recently celebrated the show's 21st anniversary, Kimmel said he, the time is, he has remaining on his current contract might be satisfactory enough for him. He says, quote, I still have little more than two years left on my contract, and that seems pretty good. That seems like enough. Kimmel has never sought to hide his contempt for Trump, says Breitbart, both during his time in the White House and since, littering his show with sneering disdain for the likely 2024 Republican challenger. And then they go through all these times when, when he literally cried. This grown man, this guy who at one point hosted something called The Man Show, has literally uh, cried on his late night television program about Donald Trump. It's really kind of, really kind of bizarre. Anyway, Donald Trump wrote on uh, True Social, good riddance, loser. <laughs> Uh, good riddance. That's what he said. They could get a far more talented person who would also get better ratings for 5% of what they are paying this loser. <laughs> that was Donald Trump's farewell message to Jimmy Kimmel in true Trump. And now look, he's going to be here through the election and he'll be here through like at least one more year, I guess, of Donald Trump's presidency should Donald Trump win. So it's not over yet, but he's probably right. Ratings, revenue, it's all drying up. They're probably paying him a lot more money than they want to. And so uh, Jimmy Kimmel could be facing his final contract. I don't know what they're going to do. Here's the thing. I don't know what they're going to do with late night TV either. I don't know what they would do. Late night TV has turned into, again, this bastion of these, 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 these animosity filled fueled hosts who are just so angry, so hateful. They despise Donald Trump. They took what used to be comedy and entertainment and interview that whole, you know, that whole Johnny Carson, Jack Parr kind of, uh, you know, David Letterman kind of concept of a late night talk show and they've just distorted it into propagandized psychobabble and anger ranting. It's really weird. Um, most of their clips, I don't think are even watched live. I think they're watched later on social media. So they've, they've now also done this thing where their monologues and their hosts and their games have been resigned, not to actual fun to watch and intelligent television, but bait, you know, clickbait clips. What can I do and say today in my one hour show that will be turned into a one-minute to two-minute uh, viral clip tomorrow. The View does the same thing. The View used to try to do a one-hour show. Now they're just trying to do or say something that is totally shocking and off the wall. 
then it'll be turned into an X clip that'll get retweeted a hundred million times. That's how the game of TV works. It all, it all goes back to social media. Uh, so I don't even know if they're going to reply. I don't know what they would do. Greg Gutfeld, I believe, continues to destroy everybody in late night on his Fox show, even though I think they moved him up. Um, but it, it, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what, I think with Jimmy Kimmel leaving, the re replacing him with a similar host, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to guess right now that they don't, that they're there. This will be the beginning. This will be the first nail in the coffin of the late night TV talk show format. This will be the, this is the beginning of the death knell for that particular type of uh, pro, um, product or that particular type of broadcast. The live studio audiences, the, the coming in every day, the getting the celebrities, none of it's necessary anymore. You've got, you've got, in fact, what they should probably do is just get somebody in there to record a one hour podcast with a celebrity and broadcast that. I've yet, Joe Rogan should probably take the spot. That's what they should do. Or, or me. That, <laughs> wait, why am I, why am I pimping other people? I could, I'll do it and I'll do it a much better job of it. Uh, anyway, listen, don't forget in just a few minutes, uh, it's now 9, 11 AM, by the way, if you're, if you're listening 50 years in the future. Uh, it's 9-11 on uh, Friday, uh, February the 23rd, 2024. And in about 20 minutes, I'm going to go live in my uh, ACES group, American Conservative Entrepreneurs Society. If you would like to join us in said group, it's very simple. Go to U-R-N-A-C-E, Y-O-U-A-R-E-A-N-A-C-E.com. You are an ACE. You can join right now. You can be part of the Q&A in 20 minutes. We're really excited about it. Uh, if you're in the future, first of all, let us know who wins the next 25 Super Bowls so we can play some bets. And also uh, come join the group and see if we're still there. See, see if I have hair. Maybe there's been some kind of AI that can regenerate my hair. Otherwise, see if I'm still wearing this Aces ball cap that I've, been <laughs> that I've been in love with for the past couple of weeks. Don't forget the show starts at noon Eastern, 11 Central, the Mark K Show on all of our Katriot Radio Network radio stations. You can stream us on all of our streaming platforms, which is cool. Um, and, and don't forget to continue listening to this podcast because every single morning, at around 8.45, we're going to bring you all the news, information, entertainment, enlightenment that you need so that you're fully prepared, so that you're fully armed, so that you're locked and loaded and ready to go so that you can save the republic.